0: Hi, this is Eric Chase, afternoon host on q 5 and your host for 68 Words. This episode, our guest is usually someone who's often a couple dozen feet off the ground. Vegas native and AGT Golden Buzzer winner, Aaron Fotheringham was born with spina bifida and very little use of his legs, but that hasn't stopped him from becoming an athlete, competing, and dominating in a sport he dubbed WCMX. We'll get to his up-in-the-air experiences, but as always, I always like to ask our
1: guests, does Aaron feel like he has a disability? You know, honestly, no. Um. Um, I don't because you know even throughout the day if I like come across like an obstacle like a giant set of stairs you know like I just find a way to get up it I don't really dwell on oh man I can't do this you know it's I feel like I'm more based on a solution rather than the problem the only time I I really am upset about my disability is when people are treating me different because of it. People, places, and spaces doing disability differently. Sharing first-hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 Words that sparked the disability rights movement. Learn where it started and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James, and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center. And welcome to 68 Words.
0: Thanks for taking some time. Thanks for waking up early to be a part of uh, 68 Words. Oh, thank you for having me. You have uh, been on a whirlwind
1: here in, uh, in Northwest Ohio, Toledo. Have you ever been to, Ohio, been to Ohio before? Yeah, I was actually in Ohio a few weeks ago doing the Nitro Circus tour. Excellent. Um, have you been to this part of Ohio? Where are we?
0: <laughs> we're in the part that's just south of Detroit and Michigan. Do you ever when doing all your traveling, um do you ever like wake up and go, what city
1: am I in or have you forgotten? Yeah, sometimes it's hard like, you know, people ask um you know where you just were or something and I'm like, "Oh, I don't even know, you know, I just kind of woke up there." At one at what point in
0: your career and that's what it is career um at least i believe so i don't know how you feel about it but at what point in your career were like oh wow i'm really famous
1: i don't know if it's ever sunk in yeah um, Cause people say that you know they'll be like they'll drop the c word celebrity or mm-hmm. something like that and i'm like whoa 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 like right let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> at, at
0: lunch yesterday mallory was uh mallory was like I, I wish you were sitting next to him so you could get to know him i was like i'm very observant i <laughs> and, and i know oh, i i, <laughs> I <laughs> um i think you're pretty humble and have a lot of humility maybe it's because you're soft-spoken um
1: do you 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 probably turn it on when you get out there to perform right yeah um i do my best to bring some more energy to it right when i'm up there talking or you know doing tricks and stuff
0: it's hard to not have energy when you're what like 16 20 feet up in the air
1: yeah you know (laughs) like you've got no choice at that point yeah um
0: let me ask you can you you were born with spina bifida correct Yep. For those that don't know about it, give us the, uh, what's the Twitter length version of that and and how you started your life as a kid?
1: Yeah, so spina bifida is a birth defect. It um, has something to do with the development of the spinal cord or something like that. Something like that. (laughs) You know, Um, but for, you know, it's kind of different for each person. And so for me, I have a little bit of use of my legs, but it's pretty limited. Um, And so, yeah, just used crutches for a while and then about the age of eight i started using the wheelchair full time um
0: your your brother was pretty inspirational in your life is he he's the one that kind of moved you into what you do and um one of these questions i'll ask you is what is the uh the four letters that i
1: think you kind of coined but your brother is really important in your life right yeah um, you know, my my brother was a huge inspiration for me Because, you know, you look up to your older brother um, And so, you know, watching him get into action sports was really cool and unfortunately about a year after i started he had a pretty bad face plant, so he quit mm. riding right <laughs> he was like oh he wizened up a
0: little bit you know at some point in the <laughs> course of our conversation i want to ask you uh if you have ever had one of those or you were up in the air coming down i'll, I'll save that question for later <laughs> um uh before your your brother Led you down this road or inspired you down this road You were still, even with the crutches And the spina bifida, you were a pretty active kid uh,
1: Fly or attempting to fly around Like every other toddler, like Superman Yeah, you know um, And I don't know if it's Because I grew up with the spina bifida And it's, you know, kind of been a part of my life But I never felt You know, like I was Really that much different Like the surgeries and the wheelchair And stuff were just like you know, there to you know, this wheelchair was just there to help me and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, and so um, I never felt different. You know, and I feel like I still had the same imagination that a little kid would have. You know, um, I was uh, I was talking about you on my radio show
0: yesterday because uh, outside of uh, Ability Center stuff, you'll be at the Imagination Station later, which is a super cool place, and um, I was talking on the show how there's one question I always like to ask the the guests here on on the pod um, and that's do you feel you have a disability are you disabled and I was saying on the radio show um, you, I can't wait to hear your answer because I would guess that 99% of the human population can't do what you do or are unwilling to do it um, here you are up in the air so do
1: you feel disabled do you think you have a disability <laughs> You know, honestly, no, Um, I don't, because, you know, even throughout the day, if I, like, come across, like, an obstacle, like, a giant set of stairs, you know, like, I just find a way to get up it, you know, and it's not, I don't really dwell on, oh, man, I can't do this, you know, it's, I feel like I'm more based on a solution rather than the problem, and Mm -hmm. so, you know, the only time I really am upset about my disability is when people are treating me different because of it. Sure. Um, and that's why we do this podcast here, 68 Words, and
0: so much of the work at the Ability Center to get people to think differently. Um, when you go certain places other than people, um, what's your mindset when a place isn't as, isn't as accessible as you'd like it to be?
1: Um, I don't know. Like, I... I don't get that upset I mean there's times where it's like oh man this sucks there's a lot of stairs going into this building Mm -hmm. but I don't I don't really you know I don't feel entitled that I need everything to be catered to me Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's why I like skate parks so much and action sports because you know I just had to find a way to adapt it and you know find a way to do these different obstacles and stuff and so yeah
0: so your your way of advocacy is more of just powering through it like dusting it off and going on as opposed to um more ardent and aggressive ways i guess a a way of putting it right
1: yeah i mean as far as like You know, really, like I've said, the biggest obstacle is, you know, people treating me like I can't do Mm -hmm. something. And so, it upsets me more when people are overly helpful rather than just leave me to my own devices, you know. And so, it's like, you know, if I, you know, deal with something that's super not accessible or something like that, it's just like I don't feel like I'm different. Like, I'm just doing what anyone else would do. I'm just... You know, it maybe looks more of a struggle or whatever, but by now I pretty much have a system. You know. Let me ask you: um,
0: this is this is the first time I've ever brought this up on the podcast or to anybody here at the Ability Center, because um, it's still a lot of a learning process for me as well. Um, and the common thing that our our guests um, talk about is: um, you don't have to help if I'm if I'm struggling. You you don't have to help if I you can help when I ask you for help. Yeah. How would you treat somebody like me? I might look like a jerk. I might come off like a jerk. Not to you, but a lot of people would say that. And I, and I am naturally a helpful person, whether you are like disabled to the point of crawling on the ground or a completely able-bodied 28 year old who just left the gym. I'm very likely to hold the door for you or if you can't reach something, I'll, I'll, I'll get it for you. Are you. Would you be able to read my body language and go,
1: this person is just trying to be a decent human being as opposed to having pity for me? um yeah but there also is a line like you know there are good intentions but a lot of the time those good intentions are um kind of done for the wrong reason i don't know if that's self-serving yeah you know or it's a lot of based on a lot of assumptions you know and you know while It might seem like not a big deal to you, to that person that's just doing like a basic, you know, human activity, like getting something off a shelf. And, you know, I definitely think if, you know, if I need help, it's my responsibility to ask for it, you know, because uh, just recently I'm getting my wheelchair out of the truck and a guy comes up and he just I don't even know this guy. He just grabs my chair as I'm trying to pull it out the back of my truck But he's trying to pull it over the side, and he's fumbling it and just making the whole process more difficult. And plus, the way, you know, I do things like I have to leave my crutch here. And so when someone brings me my wheelchair, it just kind of it just throws off my whole vibe and most of the time it just makes it more difficult so I'm like please don't touch my wheelchair (laughs) you know I will never (laughs) open a door I will never hold the door open for you if I ever had that opportunity (laughs) no but it's it's not that it's it's if I go and I hold the door for you are you gonna run up and try to grab it from me and then make me go in Yes, but... Because y- that's
0: wrong. Well, wait, but I would do... I would do that for... A, a, an able-bodied person as well, but you're gonna run across the parking lot. Oh, oh, no, and Grab I, that door. Oh no! I'm not running for anybody. I'm not, <laughs> if, if you were like yeah. in your dying breath, I mean, like that's why I asked. Would you be able yeah. to tell my body language that this person is doing this because they're self-serving and they have pity for me, or they're generally, or they're genuinely being courteous? And, and I am typically mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So.
1: Well, it's good to be courteous, but like I said, it, it goes too far a lot of the time, and. You know, um, especially if I'm holding the door for you, like, just go through it, you know? Like, because a lot of the time when they try to grab the door from me, they're like trying to step over me and it just makes it all more awkward. And it's like, there's this this assumption that someone with a disability can't do this. They can't hold the door for me or they're less than because, you know, they have this disability, and I need to help them, and it's just this mindset that I feel like carries over into the whole, the whole mindset that is the problem in the first place.
0: Those last six or seven sentences are exactly the reason that we do this podcast to illustrate those types of examples. So thank you for doing that. Um, I like to jump around, and I know we're also yeah. on a bit of a, of a time crunch to get you over to Whitmer. Um, You have, I guess I would say, two vehicles, your chair. We'll talk about that. But you brought up your truck. I scroll through your socials. You love that truck, don't you? Yeah. It's a big, bad,
1: black Dodge Ram. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about it. Ram Rebel. It's a Ram Rebel 1500, and I absolutely love it. You know, got to be a big fan of the Hemi, and, you know, it's definitely a little bit of a gas guzzler, but um you know it gives me the freedom to go wherever i want and do whatever i want you know it's like it's basically just an extension of my wheelchair at this point and so um do you have yeah, a name for it it's great <laughs> i haven't named her yet how long have you had it her Her uh, <clears throat> since 2019 um
0: what are your <clears throat> everybody probably when they meet you asks you about you and what they see <clears throat> excuse me um what are your interests outside of what everybody sees in the celebrity of you? Like, are you a, a diehard car
1: person, truck person? Um, I really like my truck, but I'm, I'm. It's not like my. I do like to modify my truck and, you know, go off-roading and camping. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things I spend a lot of my time doing is uh, metal fabrication. So I build my own wheelchairs now. And, um, you know, I've built some for friends and stuff. And I just like having that freedom to tweak things and customize it and, you know, kind of just make some awesome-looking wheelchairs. So you would say that's your hobby? Yeah, it's a pretty... It's a hobby that I'm pretty obsessed with. (laughs) What would be a hobby
0: that has nothing to do with the wheelchair or anything like that? Pokemon cards, you binge watch 80s TV shows.
1: Did I just ask you an embarrassing question? No, like I just, I really am either at the skate park or I'm in the garage. Totally fine. I'm pretty boring. (laughs) Has anybody...
0: I don't know if this is a record or not but we made it 13 minutes into the podcast and it's my first superhero re- reference. <laughs> Has anybody else made the Tony Stark comparison to you? I've never heard that
1: <laughs> Really Really Is it because I'm part metal
0: <laughs> No No Because Tony didn't have hobbies Other than Well In the comics Drinking a lot And partying But he was always Tinkering with his suits That's why there's like A million Iron Man suits uh-huh. uh, Did you Did you? Are you a superhero movie person At all Not really No <laughs> Okay If, if you watch The Iron Man movies Yeah And you don't think You see some of yourself In there I will buy you Your next Starbucks As big and as dessert laden as it is. Because he was always tinkering
1: in that shop. And and what you just
0: said about like tinkering, you make your own chairs now?
1: Yeah, you know, that was one benefit of COVID for me, was it, you know, since I'm a performer, all my performances stopped for a few years. And so um, it gave me the opportunity to you know because i was interested in building chairs because i break them a lot i can imagine so you know it was just kind of like i need to learn how to do this and you know i'm grateful that i was able to take the opportunity to kind of learn and you know i built a few chairs before one was actually decent you know and so so did tony stark (laughs) oh yeah
0: absolutely (laughs) this is insane you have.
1: i'm gonna have to go back and watch you
0: absolutely do and and I hope when you watch this, you're like, you say to your wife, he was was right. (laughs) He was totally right. Then you go watch all 30 Marvel movies. (laughs) You build the chairs for friends as
1: well? Yeah, I've sold two uh, to friends and then built one for another friend. And I actually built one for my wife. And just, you know, it's, it's fun to just build them for different people and be able to change it up to what they want uh your chair right now what what's the value of, of that like what, what what was the cost to put it all together oh man because some of the parts are cnc seed so that kind of bumps up the price um something like this if you were to pay for it would probably be fifty five hundred to 6 grand i would have guessed more i would have guessed more
0: um You're kind. (laughs) um, I can be bad with with math at things at times. Um, What is
1: WCMX? Yeah, so when I first started going to skate parks on my chair, there really wasn't anyone doing it, and so... I was just calling it hardcore sitting you know for quite a while but it's a
0: great phrase
1: you know and that was little me thought that was amazing but then the more I rode and the older I got I was like you know it's cool but it it doesn't sound mainstream it doesn't sound like a sport really it just kind of sounds a little redneck so I was like you know, I'm really inspired by BMX and their tricks, especially. And so, I was just like, well, you know, I got big wheels like a bike. And I mean, I also have on my, a lot of my chairs, skateboard wheels on the front. And, you know, some people had called it wheelchair skateboarding. And I was like, very wordy, mouth. yeah, Very wordy, and there's no skateboard, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not a fan. And so, I just kind of was like, hmm wc wheelchair mx like bmx and i was like boom perfect sounds cool
0: <laughs> um when you first got going uh what was your hardest fall where maybe you were how many ever feet up in the air your face was i guess parallel to the ground and you're like <laughs> this is it i'm
1: gonna need to go i have oral surgery after this <laughs> man i there was this crash on mega ramp when i was a little bit younger one of my first times actually jumping a full-size mega ramp the wood one and i just kind of came down like you said face first (laughs) and i was you know like you're saying like i was 20 feet up in the air coming down (laughs) smashed my face and i wear a full face helmet you know and it you know it shoved it back into my teeth and busted my front teeth and i'm just like crap and so we kind of scramble going over the ramp picking up little pieces of teeth (laughs) so i can go get them glued back in oh my goodness was there a point where you're like i got i have to
0: stop doing this or did something like that just say i'm gonna get back up there and do it again i you know
1: i because actually after that uh we set the pieces of teeth to the side and i went (laughs) for it again um You know, I'm going to be more lightweight now that my teeth are gone. (laughs) And, you know, I've already done that, so might as well try again. And that next one, I just destroyed a wheel, and it it didn't go very well. So, you know, that was kind of in the earlier days when I was still trying to figure it out and crashing. And, you know, I don't know if people realize it took me, like, a while before I finally landed just a jump on the Mega ramp. So... Um. Yeah, it was just one of those things. The the backflip changed everything, that, uh, for you. Yeah, when I landed the first backflip at fourteen, it ended up on YouTube. It went viral. You know, got over a million views in a week. And you know, I definitely have to give a shout out to YouTube for you know help boosting me to where I am now. But um, you know, it was definitely crazy that. You know, I was 15 years old when my career started to, you know, kind of take off. Um, I I don't know much about your family. Do you mind talking
0: about them yeah. at all? Uh, tell me about yeah. your your parents. We've talked about your brother. How about your, your mom, your dad,
1: yeah. uh, uh-huh. whoever's close to you? How they felt about uh, you being up in the air? <laughs> they, you know, of course, mom gets nervous. Sure, and dad is. You know, they're both really encouraging, and they've always done what they could to help me. And You know, um, whether that's buying me new parts for my wheelchair in the beginning uh, before I got sponsored, you know, but, you know, or paying to send me off to camps to learn tricks and stuff. They were just always super supportive. And now my mom is actually a wound care nurse. So, you know, that definitely comes in handy sometimes, you know, but no, they've been awesome and definitely a key to where I am now. Are, do you ever show up to uh, to events or places
0: and kind of like a, like, like just like a, a, any sport where David and Goliath kind of thing where this big linebacker looks at this scrawny little quarterback said this dude is not beating us today. People have doubt in you. Like maybe they've heard of your videos and they're like this dude is not doing that. And yeah. then you blow them away and drop their jaws. Do you
1: ever have those kind of instances? Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of the times I pull up to a skate park and, you know, skaters have their vibes sometimes and they'll be kind of like, first of all, what are you doing in my park? Second of all, what are you doing in my park with a wheelchair, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so they definitely have that vibe. But then after I go and I bust like a hand plant or a backflip or something, it's like it just changes You know their whole vibe And you know it's kind of cool to see sometimes And I definitely enjoy You know showing up to a new park For the first time That kind of sounds like a movie (laughs) Will there be a movie about you one day? (laughs) Who knows Do you like the nickname Wheels? I do Uh, I didn't give it to myself I promise You can't give yourself a nickname can you? No it's not the same What were you called in a good way Maybe just like in in a jovial teasing way When you were a kid Well it's so, wheels originated in middle school for me, but it started off as the bullies calling me wheelies, because I was always doing a wheelie, and I th- and then they started calling me wheels, because for shorter, I guess. <laughs> but I think they were thinking that it was derogatory or putting me down, but sure. I'm like, no, these I am wheels. Like, right. I've got wheels. Like, I don't get how it's insulting, because it's fact. <laughs> <laughs> does your wife have a name for you honey bun how about how about when
0: she's how about when she's upset with you or angry at you you can scream it out if you want (laughs) what's your middle name james aaron james right now (laughs) yep yep that's it he just bounced back a little bit so (laughs) that's absolutely (laughs) it um is there a is there a dream trick that you'd like to do i just read the ridiculousness that tom cruise is going to shoot a movie out in space (laughs) do you do you have a a dream stunt would would doing something in space be
1: something you'd want to (laughs) do i mean jumping high enough to reach orbit would be pretty cool (laughs) or how about coming out of it Oh, and parachuting. <laughs> I thought parachuting and then cutting away and hitting a mega ramp would be pretty cool. Um, I would also be happy with the triple backflip. You know, um, that's kind of what I could see off in the horizon is something that could be possible. How did uh, how the America's Got Talent uh, project come come <laughs> to life? Did you just yeah. submit something did they see you? Um, so AGT reached out to me actually, and they were like, "Hey, like." you know we're doing this new series agt extreme because in the past i had been you know offered the opportunity but on a small stage i can't really do a whole lot you know like it's not very impressive and so um years later and they're finally like hey we you know this is the opportunity and so uh working with Nitro Circus to bring out the big ramp and all that stuff. Um I was in shock. I was like, wow, we're doing all this for me, like I'm a spoiled brat, you know but You're a celebrity <laughs> Something. Um, but, yeah the, the, you got the golden buzzer and I heard
0: you say at lunch yesterday you had no idea who Nikki Bella was or is <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's true. <laughs> did did uh did you did you remedy that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially like You know, when she gave me the golden buzzer, you know, because by that point I had known who she was. Right. I was just like, no way, like, especially because I didn't think I was going to be moving on because I did crash in my run before I went up and landed it. So I was like, there's no way I'm moving on. And when she gave me the golden buzzer, I was just like no way you know you uh i don't know if it was through agt or just uh
0: being who you are and having uh certain opportunities which are certain certainly cool it sounds
1: like you geeked out a little bit um meeting papa roach (laughs) oh man that you know a few years ago like probably 2017 or 18 they hit me up and had me come out and be a part of one of their new music videos and that was insane to me and it still is when I think about it and then just uh, recently we were able to have them come out to one of our Nitro Circus shows and you know they got to come in and do a little bit of announcing and make their guest appearance and I was just so fangirling the whole time you know. So
0: anytime somebody says cut my life into pieces you say? (laughs) Suffocation, no breathing. Yeah, yeah. So I I, am imagining, imagining. What year were you born in? Ninety-one. Ninety-one. I'm imagining like eight-year-old Aaron saying, "Carson Daly, get rid of these Britney videos and get my Papa Roach on the countdown. I want to see where it was today, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, you you met Avril Lavigne. Were you a fan of hers? Yeah. Tell me about uh, that. (laughs) um, Is is that his? uh, Is that his hall pass? Yes, that's what you would say. Fair enough.
1: Who's yours? okay (laughs) tell me about meeting avril so you know growing up like you're saying like in the 90s and you know her talking about skater boys i was like well i'm a skater boy (laughs) but um, later boy (laughs) basically but when i was doing agt and you know she was doing like the opening act kind of the opening for the show um and we got to watch that got to watch her perform just as a private little thing and i was just i was like wow this is awesome you know childhood dream and then she like gets off stage and she's like 15 feet away from me and i'm just like i gotta go get a selfie i gotta go get a selfie and i'm just like so nervous but i finally get the balls to r- roll up to her. And I'm like, excuse me, can I get a selfie with you? And she's like, yeah, sure. And you know, who uh, who's another celebrity that you might
0: have geeked out over, or you really bonded with them because they were just a cool, dope, down to
1: earth person? I'm gonna have to say Simon, uh, Simon Cowell from AGT, and also Terry Crews was the man. You know, super genuine, super kind, and easy to talk to. You know, and that you know you see these guys on tv and you know simon can be pretty rough to some of the acts yeah. and you know I, I don't know if i got a hall pass because because of, of my sweet wheelchair or what but um it was really cool to be able to talk to simon and you know to see how down to earth he was who's somebody that you met that was a jerk what what was your name again? <laughs> oh, I
0: I meant, I meant that I meant that a celebrity and I am Look. not bad. Someone someone with some celebrity that you met and, and they they dismissed you or they just weren't as cool as you thought they'd be. Uh my name's Eric by the way. Yeah. I, um
1: I can't really think of one off the bat. Okay. Uh, Who would you like to meet? Who would I like who's, to meet? Who's,
0: after Pop, you checked the, the box for Papa Roach and Avril, who's somebody else that you'd like to
1: meet? Um, that's so hard because I've been able to meet, you know, so many of the people that I've idolized. And, you know, meeting Papa Roach is definitely up there, you know. How about, did me. you see
0: this Blink-182 tour that, that was announced? Oh, yeah.
1: They're the When We Were Young tour? Yeah. Um. So, what was your excitement over Blink coming back? uh so pumped! Especially to see Tom making a you know yeah. comeback was and definitely Ma- cool. And Mark healthy too. Yeah, because um, he had a cancer battle.
0: Uh, what's your favorite? What do you think is the best Blink One Eighty Two
1: song? It's hard because I do like their uh, California um, album. I really do like. Um, oh, what's the name of the song? You're putting me on the spot. Yes, now. I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, I really do like the. I like Los Angeles, and you know, of course, like the older songs. I did growing up. Little eight-year-old me loved Rock Show. Great song. Know, it was so good. That was. The, was that the third single after all the small things? And what's my age again? i don't know it was on the album take off your pants and jacket yeah um
0: I, personally my favorite and i'll never dismiss those massive hits but um i geek out a little bit uh when i hear i miss you oh i like yeah, that one yeah. a lot where are you <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have just talked trl the whole time um last last question do you do you do uh your own social
1: media or do you have a team that handles that um, I do it myself. Uh, I wish I had a team. You can hire a team. You have to be a celebrity. For you that. are. You have. You have.
0: You have half half a million followers on Instagram, right? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to manage, especially when you're doing it by yourself. What's your personal strategy you use? Because it can be consuming, and I'm sure there's been times where people were were real a holes, and you just wanted to, to to sign off forever. So, what's your mindset about all of it? You
1: know, I. You know I try not to obsess about it too much but I definitely get in my head about a lot of stuff um, especially like the haters which you know I definitely have haters and just like people commenting like oh my gosh you could end up in a wheelchair <laughs> or you could end up paralyzed and I oh, hate je- that comment because it implies that I have nothing else to live for I'm at rock bottom so I might as well just go big and if I crash it doesn't matter and I'm just like you know like I could be having to backflip a power wheelchair you know and so that comment really bugs me um but i do my best not to comment back but generally on social media i just like to post me having fun you know and doing something like um yeah and that's basically it conversely
0: what about when um someone who finds you appealing slides into your dms um, that doesn't really happen these days. Because really? yeah. your wife will go crazy on them. <laughs> yeah. As you should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a married man. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, actual last question this time. Yeah. You've been running around here. You went to Anthony Wayne yesterday. Uh, Washington local schools, Whitmer later on. When, when you're not up in the air and you're talking, presenting, being a, a bit more... Uh, inspiring through your words what's something that you often share with with
1: kids adults audiences so maybe a motto that you live by yeah um one of the big ones i live by is my two more tries rule uh usually like you know doing some of these tricks you get really beat up and you know some you got to come back to you know give it some time but You know, when you're in the heat of the battle, just like trying to land this trick and, you know, you've tried it like double digits amount of times that day and you're just like over it. I try to tell myself just two more tries, you know, when I'm at that point of, okay, I'm done just a couple more tries, because then that's usually when I end up landing it and I you know I tend to live by that um and it's kind of carried over into you know the metal fabrication and stuff like that where I'm like starting to feel like hopeless like I'm not going to figure this out or I suck you know and so um that rule has really just kind of helped me and so I like to share that and that whole like don't give up mentally or physically you know like keep believing and just put in the work pick your
0: teeth up (laughs) yep put them in your pocket and get the heck back up there yeah send it (laughs) I I, I, I'm always uh stealing thoughtful and profound things um (laughs) one that I've stolen recently was just get one percent better every day um I'm going to steal your... Just two more times. Now, if we're on the yeah, 98th yeah. try, sometimes you got you to gotta take the L and go, this is just not working. Well, but you're almost to 100, and that's a pretty cool number. Get to the round number! <laughs> two more tries. Two more tries is a great strategy, though. <laughs> it is a great strategy. There is some... I think it's like an Edison quote. So many people knew... So many people who gave up didn't know how close to success they actually were, and I, I think the Edison yeah. one might be. Um, I didn't fail 100 times. I learned 100 lessons. So,
1: yeah.
0: um, it was great to learn a lot about you great to sit here and chat and thanks for the time and thanks for doing this and thanks for being inspiring because you you hit on some great things here that no one said on the
1: podcast and i think is really important that's why we do this oh i appreciate it man thank you so much for having me even though i was a jerk (laughs) yeah you know we're all jerks right This is
0: Chief Armstrong of Toledo Fire and Rescue. 68 Words has been a production of the Ability Center, hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase. Engineering provided by Will Mellon and executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at abilitycenter.org. Until next time, think differently.